wish you could hear God's voice? Are you struggling to find stillness in the busyness of mom life? Is being present daily and sometimes moment by moment a battle for you? Welcome home, sister. This is Unabridged Faith. Aloha, my name is Paige Amber Bacani. I am a lover of Jesus, wife, mama, and mentor. After living by my own strength for years, I finally gave up and took a chance on Him. The simplest way to describe what the Lord has done in my life is that I was one way and now I am completely different. I want that for you. My mission is to journey alongside you as we openly grow in our faith by being present with God's Word, practicing prayer, pursuing fellowship, and sharing powerful testimonies. If you want to learn how to invite God's peace into your heart, motherhood, and mind, I know this podcast will speak to you. Slip on your shoes, strap on your little ones, and let's go for a walk. We have a date with the Lord. All my love, your sister, Paige. Aloha and good morning. I know that we ended last week in kind of a hard spot, and I know that this week might start in a hard spot, so I just want to trigger warning everybody that we are going to be talking about our miscarriage, and then we will go on from there. Father God, we thank you so much for another beautiful day, cold but beautiful day. We just love you so much. We're so grateful for everything that you've done in our life, everything that you're doing in our life. We thank you for being our peace and our rock in this time of devastation that we'll be sharing today. And I just hope that the healing that you did in our heart and in our story, you can also do in those that hear this story. And I trust that you will bring the perfect people at the perfect time to minister your loving kindness to through our story. We love you in Jesus name. Father God, thank you so much that, yeah, we are here, Lord, and you are using us to share our story. Thank you for, yeah, your love and patience with us to, yeah, be able to do this and to have this time. So, yeah, we just lift this time up to you, God, and pray and ask that you give us the words to say, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In my testimony, you guys will get to hear my side a lot more of this whole situation, but I really want to get Evan's side of this so that we can process it from both ends because I know that miscarriage is also a hard thing sometimes for the mom and dad to come back together and talk about. So I hope that this can just shine a light. If the dad ever hears my story, maybe he can see where his wife is coming from. And if the woman ever listens to this story, maybe she can understand where her husband is coming from. And yeah, I just want this to be a space of healing and I want God to speak through us. So I remember that morning I had started bleeding before we even left. It was the day that we were traveling from our base to Panama City on Mm -hmm. the island, Bocos del Toro, to the city so that we could then fly to the Bahamas. And remember, I started bleeding that morning. Mm -hmm. Did you think anything at that point in time or were you just so focused on packing and getting on the boat? And Um, I mean, I remember, yeah, the bleeding in the morning and... I didn't really think too much of it. I mean, I know we maybe might have downplayed it where, oh, it might just be, I don't know what it, what right. we know now it's spotting, but mm-hmm. just, yeah, I didn't take it as seriously as I could have maybe. And yeah, there was a lot going on and we had to get out of the door and get on the boat and yep. before, 
yeah, it was all dark and had to just get out of there. And mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. And then fast forwarding through all of the boats and cars and buses and <laughs> all of the things, we stay at an Airbnb that night. The next morning we get up super early to get on our mm-hmm. plane, but we cannot get on our plane because we don't all have the yellow fever vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so a missionary base in Panama City took us in, and right when we got to that house, my body just released all of it. And I have never bled like that in my entire life. And I was in the bathroom by myself at that point in time. And then I'll let you just take over the story from this point on if you feel comfortable with that. And then I'll ask questions here and there. But from that point, what did you experience? I remember calling Emily and then we ended up leaving and going to the two different hospitals and all of that. Yeah, I mean, when we, yeah, when you talked to me about the bleeding and everything, I don't remember ever being like, whoa, are we losing the baby right now? Or Mm -hmm. like, are we having a miscarriage? I just knew that, yeah, your body was going through something. And yeah, I remember you talking to our base leaders and them telling us that we needed, yeah, to go in and get it checked out. And I don't know if they ever even said anything about us having a miscarriage, did they? Mm -hmm. They did. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it didn't like hit me really heavy or anything I just remember all right well I think we yeah we're gonna go to the hospital and we need to figure out what we're gonna do so yeah, we had two of our team leaders come with us and we drove to a like a nicer hospital and we didn't know where to go we just kind of I remember looking at the directory at the bottom and just looking up that certain doctor I don't know the doctor is gynecologist mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. yeah so and we kind of just picked one and went up and in our broken Spanish and English just tried to explain the whole thing and luckily and thankfully thank God that they yeah took us in as a walk-in because there were a lot of people out there waiting for their appointments and they took us in and yeah we were able to get a an ultrasound with this doctor and Thankfully, she was speaking a lot of English, and yeah, I just remember doing the the ultrasound and her telling us that, yeah, that we lost the baby, and it, I don't think her English was like 100% English, it was like mm-hmm. some Spanglish where mm-hmm. we were still trying to decipher exactly what she was saying, so yeah, she just told us that we had lost the baby, and she was already trying to, like, oh, this happens, and, like, it's okay, you can move on from this, but we hadn't even processed that, oh, we just lost our baby, like, can't really process, but it's, like, moving forward, yet yeah, it's, yeah, so she had gone away, and we were going to go meet her in her office after we got dressed, and, yeah, I don't know, I just remember Paige telling me when we were, yeah, praying and think we started crying and Paige told me like at one point she just felt the Lord saying like your baby is with me like agape is with me now and yeah we both just broke down and and at that point I didn't I mean yes I was sad and crying and but I think the heaviness on Paige was a lot more I don't know I mean, obviously, the woman is carrying the baby, so it's a little bit different. 
but at the same time I was yeah as well sharing her sorrow and sorrow myself and and yeah I didn't really know what to do I mean the next step she brought us into her office and told us we needed to go to this different hospital and this one was not as nice as the one we started in and it was more like a public hospital and we couldn't find our way through it and finally we got to where we were supposed to be and we had all the paperwork from the first hospital and they pretty much were able to get Paige in after a little waiting time and I couldn't go in there with her and yeah all I just remember is yeah there's just this one door that all the people went in and and she went back there and I had waited in that waiting room but eventually they had kicked me out of that room so I had to go wait in like the public room with everybody and yeah it just took a long time I just remember going up and asking a few times like hey what's going on how much longer and like at some point I I don't know if someone told me I could go back or I just like ended up walking back I think the security guard like maybe like I don't know allowed me to go back he saw me I'm pretty sure and I walked in and I found Paige yeah sitting on the on a bed not even in a room she was just in the hallway and she was cold and I sat down with her and I think she had already done the DNC to get the yeah the rest of the I guess baby removed and yeah that was strange she was cold and she didn't even have a blanket or anything and I just wanted to sit that sit back there with her and I was just holding her and she wasn't saying anything really and she's like yeah doesn't really know what's going on I didn't know what was going on and they eventually just kicked me out of there I wasn't supposed to be back there because I think babies were being born in the next rooms and just all kinds of different things going on in this area there wasn't like a specific sect of the hospital it was just everything baby related was in this area and they just told me to go out and but I think that was a span of like at least four to five hours maybe more than that I know we had gotten there yeah when it was light and I just remember yeah it being maybe one or two in the morning and can't remember exactly when we yeah got out of there but yeah it was kind of it was wild and we came back to the home that we were staying at and I don't know it was just a lot of heaviness and Paige and I just trying to take the time to process it but at the same time not really sure what to do besides just resting and waiting and yeah praying and figuring out if we were gonna keep going pretty much and another one of our team members at the same time was also praying through whether he was going to stay or not because his dad was dying and it was his stepdad his dad has already passed away and his stepdad was dying now and he really wanted to go be with his mom and his family and and yeah we all were praying through all of that and he decided to leave and our team had yeah known what we were going through as well and 
I know they would have been okay with us leaving as well. And I know we had, yeah, prayed about, yeah, what it looked like to go back as well. But I think God just kind of kept our hearts to, I guess, stick it out and obviously come into this house and not being able to get on the plane yet and not having our vaccine. That was kind of the next step. And, yeah, we ended up just deciding to get the vaccine and getting our yellow fever cards and and yeah just moving forward with all of it and yeah we took all that time to decide that and we ended up going to the Bahamas mm-hmm. and spent the next yeah two months there and yeah the Bahamas was a obviously another transition one of our team leaders his family actually grew up there so this hurricane that hit the Bahamas was a category five hurricane and it sat over their town for over 36 hours and completely destroyed everything and we came in and it was like a 10 mile radius that it sat over the town and his grandma actually lived just outside that 10 mile radius so they got some damage but we were able to live in a fully intact home that they actually built growing up, helped build growing up. His dad built it. But yeah, just being able to go there and do some disaster relief and help rebuild this town. Um, Yeah, it was a good time of healing for us too, because we weren't going to be focusing on ourselves still. And I think God definitely knew that. We, We did yeah, start our early morning routine where we woke up, I think, around 4.30 or 5, and we started running every morning. Um, when the miscarriage happened, that was something that we wanted to start doing, but it took a little while. We started going on walks first and finally made it made our way to, yeah, Paige, Paige's body recovered, and, yeah, we started going on runs every morning, and that was a yeah, really good for us just to be able to be active. Paige was a runner in high school, and I had grown up playing all kinds of sports, so that was a good way to start our morning with, yeah, being in the Word and running, and yeah, and then we spent our time there doing food, uh, distributing food, and helping rebuild roofs, and I did some drywall, and learned a lot of this construction stuff that I had never done in my life so that was pretty good hands-on experience and just being there during that time of such sorrow and destruction the people that we met obviously it was I think it was four or five months after it happened so they were starting to recover and start to I guess figure out what they were doing but at the same time they yeah it was only five months at the same time and they were actually finding remains when we were there. And yeah, we helped a lot with this camp. It was a Christian camp that they put on every summer for the children. And yeah, we helped rebuild a lot of the camp. We had to gut some of the buildings and take off the roofs. And and then yeah, other teams came in and we kind of facilitated all the other teams coming in and we helped rebuild roofs and the dorms and the cafeteria and 
just so that, yeah, that camp can run again for the children. And, and yeah, we spent a lot of time with the Haitian community and, and some other organizations that were there helping. We, yeah, just helped out and were there during the sorrow. And I don't remember, yeah, sharing the gospel besides with the children, with our kids' ministry, but we, yeah, weren't, I don't know, I guess out on the street corners like, hey, turn to Jesus and he'll recover everything. I think just us being there and shining his light and being in being with them in their sorrow and their and their sadness but also offering hope and joy and love and peace and just trying to live alongside them while we were there so yeah it was a interesting interesting two months interesting is definitely a word for it and the amazing part about all of it is that God is still using the relationships to this day, which we're excited to tell you about in a future episode, the relationships that we were building at that time as we were building the camp, the relationships that we built with the person who was putting on the camp and the relationships that we built with the churches that were coming in to work alongside us. So it really is showing God's hand had to orchestrate all of that. Like we didn't plan on inviting these people and meeting them there. No, we just were obedient and we showed up and they were obedient and they showed up and God didn't let any moment be wasted while we were there. And it's so amazing to be still seeing the fruit come from that point of time in our lives. And so, yes, Evan did a terrific job talking about just our miscarriage and our feelings and where he was coming from and what he experienced and then transitioning into the Bahamas and the trauma of that, but also the hope and joy and revival that we were able to not only bring, but also experience ourselves with the people of the Bahamas. And now can you talk a little bit about our debrief and kind of how we re-entered society, not only as individuals, but now as a married couple? Yeah, so... Going from Panama to the Bahamas, that discipleship training school was coming to an end, and the debrief was pretty much all about, yeah, like she said, entering society and coming back and reflecting on all that had happened, and it was awesome that, yeah, we did it in Louisiana, because we almost, our leaders were praying about if we should go back to our first base in Panama, and I think the transition for everyone was really good to go back to the States and yeah, to kind of cap it all off as a, as the graduation we got. And yeah, YWAM is actually, it's with University of the Nations, so you can have credits towards a degree in, in seminary or in ministry. So we had, yeah, uh, what's it called? Diplomas. Um, diplomas pretty much, yeah, of graduating there and and yeah, it was a sweet time to be able to say goodbye to everybody and kind of pray about what everyone was doing. And I think at that point, everybody already knew what kind of steps they were going to take after that. And some of the, the girls that were going to go take a road trip back to the West Coast and Paige and I decided to stay in Louisiana. My sister had an Airbnb in New Orleans at the time and... Yeah, we rented our first car ever, and we drove down to New Orleans and spent a few nights there. 
and yeah, it was it was kind of strange finally being alone after yeah being married we've just continued to stay in community which yeah is good but at the same time yeah we haven't had our own place together ever yet so yeah it was cool to be able to be in new orleans and explore a little bit and yeah and rest that was our first time too where we could really just take a deep breath and we didn't have anywhere to be next and there wasn't anyone else to meet or anything to do we had been faithful to the time that we had dedicated to YWAM and we had sowed every seed that the Lord had given us not knowing what fruit he would produce and now we're seeing it on the other end but at the time we didn't know but we knew that we were faithful and we knew that we were tired and praise God for Evan's family because they had provided a place for us to rest and to be together and to continue our healing but also stepping into the new hope and the new joy of what this new season would bring us. And so from there, we flew back to Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can talk a little bit about this thing that we heard about that we thought was a joke called COVID. Hmm. Yeah, so we flew to Nebraska. We had already prayed about spending time in Nebraska. I don't know if we, I think we knew we wanted to stay there at least a couple months because... Yeah, we just wanted to spend time with her family because they hadn't seen us together since before YWAM. So we haven't, yeah, been there with them. And they, yeah, were going through all of the trauma with us too about losing their grandbaby and their, yeah, oldest daughter's first kid. And, and yeah, we were just wanting to go back and rest a little bit and heard about COVID and soon enough everything started getting shut down and and turned out that it was a perfect place to quarantine. We were three miles off the paved road in the middle of the country. Uh, Paige's stepdad is a cattle, corn, soybean farmer, typical in Nebraska. And yeah, we just spent some time here where we are right now, but here in Nebraska. And soon enough, we found out we were pregnant on Mother's Day, we <laughs> took the test and found out we were pregnant again. So that so was pretty awesome. awesome. And we decided to ask Paige's mom and stepdad if we can stay for, I think, a year. I mean, at least until Jacob was born and a little bit after that so that we can, yeah, have some time to be with Jacob and be with them and transition from there. So, yeah, this time in Nebraska was pretty cool. I had never been in Nebraska before, obviously. And well, I did actually growing up, my brother played college baseball in the College World Series in Omaha. And I was here when I was maybe seven or eight watching him play. So that was pretty cool. But so being here, I helped out on the farm as much as possible and helped with the birthing of some calves and <laughs> Got to do a lot of things that I've never done before, which is always awesome for me, just learning new things and being in new places and adapting. And from there, we were praying about what to do next. And it was awesome because Paige's best friend, husband, has a construction business in Lincoln. And I knew going there that that was a possibility. 
So when I talked to him, he had told me, like, oh, I just lost my employee. Like, I think this is perfect timing. You can come and step on. And, and yeah, that was just God's confirmation of, like, all right, well, this is our next step, and I'm going to work construction. And I had already been so intrigued about learning some of that stuff in the Bahamas and all this do-it-yourself stuff I've always, like, wanted to learn, but I've never had the chance just playing so many sports and doing a lot of different things. But, yeah, learning construction, I was definitely excited to, you know, use some power tools and <laughs> get my hands dirty. And, and yeah, so I started working construction from, I think, that August to January. And in that time, Paige had, was reaching out to be a nanny, and she got a few nanny jobs, and we were both working yeah, full-time jobs at that time and saving some money and being disciplined with our daily lives. I mean, COVID was kind of opening up a little bit to where we can, you know, go out and work, but at the same time, we were still quarantining a little bit. So instead of getting a gym membership or anything, we were just doing workouts at home and, and yeah, being in the Word, doing 5 a.m. workouts. I don't know when we were working out but early yeah eating well drinking lots of water yeah and especially at that time we were praying about playing baseball too so I needed to yeah like Paige said eat healthy and and be intentional about hey if I'm going to be playing professional baseball I need to take this seriously and yeah baseball was starting to be highlighted to us back in YWAM and we had been praying about it ever since and especially coming into Nebraska, being back in the States and just being able to make that reality, which God was leading us into. I was looking into tryouts and what it looked like to actually, yeah, take steps. I went to the batting cages and starting to swing and starting to throw a little bit. I bought a net to hit off a tee in the backyard and was throwing five baseballs, just going back and forth with limited resources, especially with COVID and everything. But there was a tryout that came up and we drove out to St. Louis and tried out for this team. And I think there, everyone was itching to play at that time. COVID was, yeah, just kind of starting to open things up. And there were so many guys there that I didn't think I really got a good look. So, but I knew at that point, like I was just, a few steps behind these guys, even though I hadn't played for, what, eight years since I was in eighth grade, and God just kind of, yeah, kept encouraging us through that, and went to another camp down in Joplin, Missouri, and that was where, yeah, God just kind of really opened the doors. He gave me really good connections, and I, we had come back to Lincoln, where one of the, the guys that plays on the team on an independent professional team here in Lincoln, I got connected with him to start training with him. So, yeah, baseball was just taking each next right step and trusting that God had put it on my heart. And, yeah, through all of that, we just kept working and being diligent in our everyday lives and allowing God to move yeah, and when we went to that Joplin camp, I was super pregnant. And so by the time that Evan went to the Futures Association, I actually stayed home and Evan left, which was really hard because that was the first time that we had been apart for 
a really long time. I mean, that was Mm -hmm. only the second time we'd ever been apart since we'd been married, I'm pretty sure. And so that was challenging, but also just incredible to watch the bond that God had grown in us. We were still FaceTiming every morning and stretching together and starting our day in prayer together and just getting to watch the Lord mold Evan into all of the man that he had created him to be. And that was really how I had viewed baseball from the very beginning. I do not come from a sports background at all whatsoever. But again, it comes back to the prayer that I prayed that Evan was a man after God's own heart and that he was the one that I can worship and glorify God with better together than apart or with anybody else. So even though my heart wasn't yearning for baseball, because Evan's heart was and because we were praying together like, God, if this is from you, grow our hearts for it. And if it's not, then hinder our hearts from it. And Evans continued to grow and mine continued to grow for him to support him as his wife. And really the foundation besides God that kept us going in baseball was just almost a phrase of me saying, I don't want to end up being 40 or 50 or 60 Mm -hmm. and having you wish like, man, I really wish we would have just done it. Like, I really wish we would have just tried and seen what God had for us there. Like we are young Like I said, we don't have debt. We don't have really anything. We don't have any ties. We're about to have a baby, which is absolutely incredible. But even that, I'm more than capable to travel with a little one and let him experience all of this as well. So even though we didn't know what God was going to do with this baseball season, we felt like this was the next right step. And we had already followed him into everything, including our marriage, and we weren't going to stop following him now. sister. I am eager to connect and hear how the Lord spoke to you through today's episode, or maybe even throughout the week, because I trust that He did. I want to ask you to pause and help me with a quick favor. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, please take a moment and share how through leaving a heartfelt review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other women like us find unabridged faith. Your kind words fill my heart with so much joy, and I have hope that your review also encourages others. If you are ready to go all in with your faith, please email me at unabridgedfaith at gmail.com so we can stay in touch. And come join our community of faith-filled women at facebook.com slash unabridgedfaith. I trust that the Lord will continue to use this podcast to draw us nearer to His heart. And I pray for a week full of intention and connection as we grow in unabridged faith. In Jesus' name, amen.